Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Robert Karnofsky. I'm with the Denver Community Colo. This week's episode, I would like to discuss some words of the Sfas and his grandfather, the Chidushi Harim, on the topic of Ham. So in the blessing on the bracha that we say before we light the menorah, every night we say, Sha'asa Nisim La'avosinu. The Hashem performed miracles by our forefathers. By Yomim Ahim, those days, Bazman Hazeh at this time. What does this mean? He did it then, in those days, Bazman Hazeh at this time. So it's pretty famous from the Kedushas Levi, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Redichiv, where he explained based on the words of the Gemara. Now the Talmud teaches us that when they saw the miracles of Hanukkah, the next year, Lashana Acheres, they waited until the next year, Kovim Bahalo Vahodah, and then they instituted them as days to praise and thank Hashem. And the question that everybody wants to know is that why did they wait until the next year to institute Hanukkah? Why didn't they do it immediately when they felt the miracle? So the Kedushas Levi explained, whenever the Torah gives us a festival that we keep every year, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, it's not a commemoration of what was. It's because whatever happened then is repeating itself at this point of time during the year. When we do Pesach every year, it's because whatever revelations, whatever levels were attained that year, when we come back to that point in time again, it comes back. It's opened again. When they were coming to the Sarch to the Institute Hanukkah, they didn't know at that point the first year, was this a one-off miracle? Was it something that's going to come back every single time at this point of time in the year? So they couldn't institute Hanukkah right away. But the next year, the sages at the time were on the level to feel that the gates of heaven were open once again during these eight days. And they realized that it's a recurring miracle. It's not something that happened just one time. It's going to come back. Right away, they instituted these days for generations, forever, for eternity, that we should keep these eight days of Hanukkah. They waited until they felt that it was going to happen every single year. And he said, that's what it means. by What happened in those days happens at this time. What happened then is available for us today. Every single year during the eight days of Hanukkah, we have the ability to access what they had during those eight days. So that's what the Kedushas Levi said. And of course, it's an amazing concept that we have this access point during these eight days of Hanukkah. But let us try and discuss this topic from a little bit of a deeper angle and see if we could uncover another reason of what it means that they waited until the next year to institute Hanukkah. What is this all about? So the Chedush Harem, the grandfather of the Sfasamas, he opens up with a question. And he wants to know, we say these words in the Alanisim that we say in the Tefillah, we say, to thank and to praise Hashem. The Gemara, the Talmud uses those words too, and it writes that they cover the institute of these days, to thank Hashem and to praise His name. There's two things. There's something called Halal and something called Haida. And they sound pretty similar. We don't know exactly what is the difference between these two things. What is Halal? Praising Hashem. What is Haida? Haida means like an admission, thanking Him. What is the difference between Halal and Haida? So the Chedush Arim says an amazing thing. And he says that the miracle that took place during Hanukkah hit people at very different places depending on what level they were. The righteous person, the tzaddik, when they were being persecuted by the Yuvanim, when they were being told that they can't keep mitzvahs, they can't study Torah, they can't do Rishchodesh, they can't do circumcision, milah, the righteous people were obviously in great pain. This was going against who they were and what they wanted to do. As soon as they were saved, as soon as they were let out, 
as soon as they were able to openly practice Torah and mitzvahs, there was an immediate howl. They sang the Shem right away. They said, thank you, Hashem. We're finally able to do in public what we always want to do, what we realize our life's mission is. But he says we have to realize that at that time, at that point of history of the Jewish nation, there were many people that weren't at that level. And what the Yuvanim were doing to the Jewish people didn't bother them that much. They didn't have this burning desire to serve Hashem. And it didn't bother them that much. Okay, so we can't. If we can't do it, we can't do it. If Hashem is not allowing us to do it, then I'm obviously exempt from doing it. And they didn't care too much about it. And when they were saved, they didn't sing howl. They weren't very excited either way. Didn't matter. We could, we can't. They weren't at that point. They weren't at that level that they were so on fire about their Judaism that it meant so much to them that, oh, yay, now we're able to practice Shabbos. And they didn't sing howl that year. But he says that the next year, over the year, these people, even though they were very far away from God, they were far away from Hashem, but they became Bali Tshuva. They became people of repentance because they started to feel that things feel better right now. They started to feel the light of Yiddishkeit. They started to feel that even though we originally weren't so excited and we didn't care so much about this, but we feel our soul, our Neshama is telling us that we're in a better place. Our Neshama is communicating to us that this is the way we're supposed to be living our lives. And yes, we didn't always know it, but the light of this miracle of Hanukkah reached their souls and it touched them. That by the time they came around to the next year, even those Jews, the Baal Yitzhubah, were ready for Hoda'ah, for admission, to admit that yes, this path in life is the way to go. The year before, they didn't necessarily sing praise because they didn't care that much. But the next year they came around and they said, Hoda'ah to Hashem. Thank you for opening our eyes, even though we didn't beg you for it. Even though it didn't mean that much to us. But now that you did it for us, thank you for giving us the opportunity to realize what life is all about. The light of Hanukkah, says the Chedush reaches every single Jew. Some people right away, they feel it. Some people, they're dancing, they're singing hallel, praising Hashem. Thank you, thank you for opening our eyes to the revelations of your Torah and your mitzvahs and allowing us to have a connection with you. But there are Jews that it takes time for this light to reach them. But the light of Hanukkah is so deep, it reaches even the darkest places. And it will reach the Jew who is just, he doesn't care. But eventually he will come to care. Eventually he will come to realize that what life is all about is connection to God. That's what matters. The other path, the path of the Greeks, might seem exciting, but it doesn't feel good. And eventually the light of Hanukkah will reach that person. And when he comes around, when that person comes around, what they're going to do is not hollow. They're going to do hodah. It's going to be an admission that this is what's right. This is what's correct. This is what's eternal. This is the proper path in life. And that is why it says the Chedush HaRim. They waited until the next year to institute Hanukkah. Because you got to make a festival, you got to make it for the whole people. You can't do it if there's a few people who appreciate what just happened. It has to be that everybody appreciates the miracle. He says that year there was a number of righteous people that were very excited and were very happy. But there were a lot of people who didn't care. The next year... By the time they came around to the second year, everybody in the Jewish nation felt the joy of the freedom that they were able to be free from the shackles of the world and the Greek and they were able to serve Hashem and this is what's important. And therefore they waited until the next year, until the light of this miracle reached every single Jew and then they instituted it for every generation. And he points out that we find a fascinating thing, specifically with the miracle of Hanukkah, that there's different levels in how stringent we are how mahadrin, how much we want to beautify this mitzvah. Some people light one for the whole family. 
Some people do separate. Some people light an extra one every night. There's many different levels of how much we want to beautify this mitzvah. And we don't find this by any other mitzvah that we have different levels. Three levels, mahadrin, mahadrin, mina mahadrin. What's going on over here? And he explains this is exactly the point. The point is that Hanukkah talks to everybody differently. It talks to the guy at the top. It talks to the guy in the middle. It talks to the person at the bottom who's keeping the bare minimum. But the light of the menorah will reach even the person who's not at the level of keeping it in the most beautiful way. But it will touch him. It will touch her. It will touch the person. It will allow the person, if we connect to it, if we look at this light, which our sages reveal to us as the hidden light, which was taken all the way from the beginning of creation. If we try and let it touch our souls and try and remind ourselves to wake up, what is our purpose in life? Even if during the year we've been far away and we haven't necessarily appreciated what it means to keep a Jewish life, what it means connection to God, what it means a ticket to the world to come. But on Hanukkah, it'll reach the Mahadran Jew, it'll reach the Mahadran Minah Mahadran Jew, and it'll reach the Jew that doesn't want to do any Mahadran, but it will touch every single Jew. And that's why there's so many different levels that we do in their Hanukkah. Now the Svasamas says an unbelievable thing. He says... That the Gemara writes that why do we not say halal on Purim? Purim is a day where we say from Haman and Achashverosh. How could it be that we don't say halal? So the Gemara answers, according to one answer, that in halal we say that thank you Hashem that we're now servants of Hashem. And we can't say that, that we're servants of Hashem because we're still in exile. How could we say that we left Achashverosh when we're still in exile? We're not completely out of it. So we cannot say the words Hallelujah Abde Hashem and we're not servants of power because we're still there. We're still in it. We haven't left them completely. Which raises the obvious question. If this is true that so long as we're in exile, we can't say the words of Hallel. How is it that eight days of Hanukkah we say Hallel every day? What do you mean? Very nice we were safe from the Yavanim, we were safe from the Greeks, but we're still in exile. So how is it that on Hanukkah we're able to say Hallel while on Purim we cannot say Hallel? says this Fatima something incredible. He says, Purim is all about coming out of it, coming out of the darkness. And we can't say Hallel if we're not completely out of the darkness, so long as we're in exile. But Hanukkah is not about coming out of the darkness. Hanukkah is saying to Hashem that I feel your light even in the darkness. It doesn't matter that we didn't come out. It's a different type of Hallel what we're saying. We're saying a Hallel not that I was able to come out, because we didn't come out yet. But it's a hollow that your light has reached me even where I am at the bottom. Even in the deepest part of the winter where we are right now. The light of Hanukkah, the light, your light, your hidden light, your Torah, your mitzvahs, the path. The feeling that my neshama is getting reaches me even in the deepest part of the darkness. And therefore we could say hollow eight days of Hanukkah because it doesn't matter that we're still in exile. Because we could feel your light even in exile. That's how powerful the lights of Hanukkah are. And this is what we need to focus on. When we say, like the Kedusha's labor reveals to us that we could feel this every year during these eight days of Hanukkah. And we could feel like the Kedusha Arim says that it's going to touch every Jew differently, but it will reach the bottom. It will go from the top, from the Mahadrim and the Mahadrim to the one who's not even doing any form of beautification. It will reach the Tadak, it will reach the Baal Teshuvah. It will reach us, it will touch our souls. Let us just zoom in and try and connect as we're lighting them. As we're saying these words, As we're saying, Let's think to ourselves that we want to praise Hashem, thank Him for allowing us to serve Him, for allowing us to have a connection with Him. 
And we want to say hoda'a, we want to admit that even though we don't always appreciate it, even though it doesn't always mean so much to us, but let us try and feel the admission that yes, godliness, our neshama, following the mitzvahs, this is the way to go. Let's admit, let's not just praise. Let's do lahodas ulahawa. Let's have an admission this Hanukkah. Let's allow the light of the Hanukkah to touch our souls all the way in the darkness, even though we didn't come out, even though we're still in exile. And then we say to Hashem, Lahodos ulahawa, thank you for allowing us to have a connection with you. And when we do this, we pray for the day that Hashem will lift us out of this exile, bring Mashiach and take us back to his Beis HaMikdash.